week? Anybody remember what we talked about last week? They're all thinking now, huh? Marriage, marriage. We're talking about marriage, and it's, it's interesting because this part of Ephesians is it's a letter. It's not chapters and verses. So as we're looking at this, Paul is talking about this, this thought of um, relationships, how you do relationships. It's right in the middle of this, this thought of be intentional about how you walk and live. Walk in a certain way. Be, think about the, the, the way you live is what we had talked about a little while back. Um, uh, and then, we, then uh, Paul talks about this relationships, and then he talks about fighting being in a battle, being in a war, and it's just jammed right kind of in the middle. And uh, we want to kind of just cover those relationship aspects of it today. So Paul, uh, a couple quick things. Paul's writing to believers, to followers of Jesus Christ. If you're you're here this morning, you're just kind of checking out church, and you're not sure if you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, I want to encourage you to just listen with this thought. This is not a new set of rules. Uh, for believers as well. This is not a set of rules that Paul's putting out there to say, hey, you guys need to live this way. Um, it was, the whole focus has been about living based on the Spirit on the inside. But it was this, um, he, he's saying, you know, to followers of Jesus Christ, here's some things I'm, I'm saying to you. And as a church, we have no rights to put, put the, 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 the challenges or the principles of what uh, it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ on anyone who isn't. Last week we talked about that as with marriage. It's not our place to go out and judge the world on what they think marriage is. It's our job is to do, say, hey, God, what you say about marriage, uh, we're a follower of you. We're going to follow that, and we're going to shine bright in that. Uh, they never signed up to follow the, the rules. They never signed up to follow the principles. They, they don't really have any other choice. And so we want to encourage you with that as well. Uh, as you go through this, don't allow it to become rules because you missed the point of what he was saying. The whole idea is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, last week he said this is what real marriage looks like. God's idea of marriage looks like this. One man, one woman, together, committed, covenanted for the rest of their lives. That's his idea and his design on marriage. Today, he's talking about his design for parenting and his design for, for some different things. But it's not rules. It's just something on the inside changing and living from that. That's why we need Holy Spirit. The reason we need Holy Spirit is He is the only one who actually guides and directs our life and points us to Jesus. Um, uh, what Paul is kind of writing about here is he's changing the compass, the inner compass of our lives. Anybody know what a compass does? What's a compass do? There we go. See the picture? Are you with me? Are you guys with me this morning? Some of you got that glazed look in your eyes, like the coffee wasn't strong enough, or you're just like, I, I see you. So, <laughs> You know what a compass does? Gives you direction. Where does it point? North. Points to the magnetic north. Thank you. It's not true north. It's magnetic north. The northerly direction. But if you're holding a compass anywhere in the world other than on the North Pole, you, uh, it's going to be pointing you in that northerly direction. Uh, how many of you watched um, Pirates of the Caribbean and know Jack Sparrow? Uh, Jack Sparrow had a compass as well. Does anybody know where Jack Sparrow's compass would point to? Oh, they got this last night. Yeah, there you go. Thanks for our young people. What you want most Do you realize that every one of us is born with the Jack Sparrow compass on the inside? It automatically points us to what we think we want most, but we don't realize that on the other side of that is incredible disaster. That we think, this is what I want, this is what I want. We go for it, and we go for it, and we go for it, and in the end, it's just dead. It's empty. It it, it kills us. And that compass is still there. Uh, But Paul's saying, hey, I want to tell you, Holy Spirit's like this compass that keeps pointing us in the northerly direction, keeps pointing us to Jesus Christ, keeps pointing us in that that way that as we're walking and being intentional, that's how we can be intentional because we know what God's desire is for us. 
And uh, he's tr- he's, his, his work in our lives is to just bring us under the more uh, lordship of Jesus. That as we look at our lives, we go, Jesus, you're Lord. I'm going to do what you want me to do because I'm following you. So more of you and less of me, less of my decisions. So when I'm making decisions about anything in life, I'm like, okay, God, what do you think about that? What is your, what is your thought? Um, Paul's talking about all the way through that, you know, the law, the letter of the law, the written law, it was important. He says it's not like that was, you know, we just throw out the whole Old Testament. But he says the idea was never just to live by the letter of it, but to live by the spirit of the law. He says that there's a law of, a, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He calls that a law as well. But it's this idea of it, it's different. You're being led from the inside. So this morning, if you got your um, pen and paper, take some notes of when the Holy Spirit drops something in your heart. Don't try and take all the notes of everything I'm saying. I talk way too fast for that. Uh, I just want to encourage you to say, if you hear Holy Spirit say, hey, that's you. To just go, oh, that's me? He'll probably give you twice. Yeah, yeah, that's you. Just jot that thought down because it means something and it matters for you. His whole idea was spirit-guided relationships. How is Holy Spirit directing your relationships? It's this this idea of of Christianity and spirituality. It's not this one-day deal. It's how does it affect everything in your life? Um, Last week, we talked to husbands and wives, and we just said, live your own verse. Don't try and live the verse for your wife and be like, honey, did you hear that? You know, or the husbands, hey, you know what? Were you listening? I mean, you know what he said. He said, you got to love me. Like, you got to lay down your life, fool. You know, it's, uh, it's not that time. But today is the same idea, this idea of, of living your own verse. So Ephesians chapter 6, you there? Go with me. Uh, we got New King James, so we'll put it up on the screen uh, for you. It says this, children. So who's he talking to? I know, and they're all downstairs, so you can just uh, pass this on to them. But children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And it says in verse 2, Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. A lot of times kids hear this verse from their parents, but I just want to encourage you parents, I got you covered. This is written to children, and the idea of children back then was any child who lived in the home of their parents. So for back then, it was about 14. Uh, in the Jewish culture, if you were Greek, you could stay at home usually till you were 18. Uh, if you're Italian, it's usually 30, right? But any of you who is uh, in your home uh, as, a, as a child under your parents' roof, but it's interesting that earlier on, just a chapter earlier, Paul wrote and said to, to everyone, he says, hey, be imitators of, of God as dear children, written to every person. This idea of, you know what, we're all children, um, no matter no matter what age we are, we all have uh, our Heavenly Father. But he's speaking specifically to this group of children who live in a home. And he says, it's, it's very specific. He says, you know, to, um, to these uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Paul is talking to a group of people who, um, who, who are believers in Jesus Christ. It's who he wrote this to. So it's talking to kids who's saying, hey, if you live in a home where your parents are serving and following Jesus, they're not going to get it all right, but obey your parents and honor them uh, in the Lord. Um, he's saying, you know, some of you are like, well, my parents, you know, they don't serve the Lord. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm the only Christian in my family. He's saying this thought, too, that it's in the Lord. Not, don't obey your parents if it's just going to lead, you know, if they're, if they're asking you to do something contrary to what the Word of God says. He's basically saying, hey, this idea of, of in the Lord is, is that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as a child, as a teen, uh, and then as well that you're following, you know, your parents as they follow Christ. It was this idea of obey. The word obey, some of you just would like the Greek word and say, you know, what does it really mean in the Greek? Well, I'll tell you, a word obey for all you teenagers means obey. That's what it means. Obey. Listen to. You're like, oh, listen to. Oh, my parents. You don't know my parents. 
yield to, submit to. You know, we think our parents don't know anything when we're teenagers. Um, Mark Twain said this, When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. Then he said, But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much he had learned in seven years. said, you know, a lot of times we don't want to listen, but Paul's saying, and God's really saying to us as, as kids, as teens, listen to them. Listen to them. Not only listen, but honor. And the word honor, the word, we don't use that word very much, but honor means play, to estimate um, or to think about or place a value uh, on something that belongs to you. You know, when you have a yard sale and you're out there, and you're like, ah, oh, what's this worth? And most of the stuff it's not worth much to you because you're selling it at the yard sale, right? So you're just trying to get rid of it. But you think about it, you think, ah, oh, is that 25 cents or 30 cents? What am I going to get? And you start slapping things on there. But it's the same idea. It's just thinking about the value of this thing, person, in your life. So when they say honor your mother and father as teens, and I think it goes all the way through. I think this, this is something that, that just um, carries over. is that idea of thinking about the value that um, parents uh, and people have in your life. It means to regard with great respect. You know, the opposite is dishonor, and that just means to treat something as common. So many times we treat relationships in our lives just as common. We take it for granted, the people that we have in our life. And do you know when it matters? Do you know when all of a sudden we find out how valuable they were? When they're gone. Man, how many times at funerals do people say the words, you know, I wish I had said I hear it through marriages that end going, oh, I never thought she would leave. I, she doesn't know how much I love her. She do, he doesn't realize how much I, I loved him because they never actually took the time to put that honor and value and make that understood. See, something we don't talk about enough in our culture is honor, but God's a God of honor. He wants there to be this idea of valuing and, and not just in action, not just in the things that we do, but in the heart attitude. That having that harder attitude, um, God said this quote. You know, if you want, if you want good quotes, is this one. It says, "These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts far from me. They honor me with words, but their heart, it's far away." And so He's saying that same thought for us is that with honor, it's that hard attitude. He's digging deep this morning. You're like, "Oh man, I was hoping this was going to be a funny message for dads." Uh, you know what? Today, I just want to encourage us as a whole to realize that, that he's calling us to this, to this, to raise and elevate that level of honor. Why? Because honor elevates everything else around it. Honor elevates everything else in your life. Um, as kids, honor is aware. <laughs> as teens, you kind of go through life. I was talking with one this morning. I'm like, hey, what'd you get your dad for Father's Day? He's like, it's Father's Day? It's like, they're just kind of like oblivious, right? It's this uh, just kind of cruising through, cruising through life and not realizing it. Honor's aware. You saw that if you were here early enough, you saw the soccer video and these kids, this old guy comes onto the, onto the court and they're like, what is he doing? You know, we, we don't got time for you anymore. Your, your time was past, old man. I, I know that's what they were saying in Spanish. You just didn't, uh, I know Spanish. So then they kind of try and kick him off, the, um, kick him off the, the ball court till they all of a sudden at the end realize, whoa, whoa, this guy just took us to school. But not realizing the value, the, the, the value of a person. It's incredible the value of fathers in our lives. Do you know how you know the value of a dad in your life? Just talk to anyone who doesn't have one. It is remarkable at how much of an influence dads play in our lives. And some of you are like, Mark, thanks for that. That really hurts. I, I don't have a dad in my life. My dad is not a part of my life, and it hurts. And I understand that. But what I want to encourage you is, is that same thought that it takes a community to raise a child. It takes a church community to raise children. I want to encourage you men, not not, don't wait till you're a bio dad. 
Don't wait till you know you have a child. But have that thought of, you know what? I can invest in someone's life. I can encourage. I can honor those around me. And by doing that, you become one of those father figures in, in people's lives. I've seen it so many times. I had one, guy, one young guy last night just stop me and say, listen, thank you. My dad and I, we don't get along, but you've been like a father in my life. Thank you for that. Because there's an incredible value on the father figures in our life. And a lot of times we just take it for granted. We take it for granted. And honor just decides, I'm going to be aware. I'm going to intentionally set value on that. What do we think of our dads? You know, I saw this, and I think I shared it last year, but as we go through life, here's the thoughts often with kids, and I want to encourage you, you know, follow it up until your age, and then really listen, because it's after that that you see as things kind of go that way that you think, hey, I can learn from that. This is it. When you're four years old, you think, my dad can do anything. When you're seven years old, you think, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. When you're eight, my father does not know quite everything. Twelve years, oh, yeah, dad doesn't know that either. Um, at 14 years, my dad, oh, he is hopelessly old-fashioned. By age 21, oh, man, he's so out of date. It's ridiculous. By 25, he knows a little bit about it, but not much. 30 years, I must find out what dad thinks about it. At 35 years, it's like, yeah, actually, before we make any decisions, I don't know what dad thinks about that. At 50 years, what would dad have thought about that? 60 years, my dad knew literally everything. 65, I wish I could talk it over with dad once more. It's written by Anonymous. He writes a lot of stuff. But um, that, that thought is that parents, you know, and as kids, as we look at it, that we realize somewhere along that line, as I tracked along with it, I was like, yeah, 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 I see that. So I began to look at, you know, 50 years, because I'm not there yet, what I'm going to think and realize, why not live that way now? Why not live that way of, oh, wow, what would I have thought about that? Wow, I wish I could have that conversation with that again. Why not? Why not now? He's saying honor and honor now. And it says this thought, you know, kids, not just to obey them because it's the right thing to do, even though it says that. Not to obey them because it's one of the Ten Commandments. Paul is saying we're not living by law. We're living by the Spirit because it actually matters for your life. He says honor your mom and dad so that your life might be long and it might go well with you. It's what we all want. We want to live long and have, it, you know, uh, and, and have the, that long life actually be a good one. That's kind of the thing that they try and sell the American dream. When I worked for a, a vitamin company back in the day, we would, uh, we would target the, the elderly people and with this thought saying, hey, add, you know, with our vitamins, you can add years to your life and add life to your years. Catchy, isn't it? Add years to your life and life to your years. Paul's saying the same thing way back then to kids. Teenagers, add years to your life and life to your years by learning to honor early. Learning to honor early early. Some of you are like, yeah, that makes sense. My dad says things like, if you want to make it to next week, you're going to listen to me. You know, it's like my life should be longer if I would just listen. Paul's saying to kids, live a life of honor. That verse to them, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 4, he writes something to the dads and he says this, and you fathers, specifically speaking to fathers, some try and translate that and say parents, but it's not parents. It's, it's dads specifically. He says, don't provoke your children to wrath. Bring them up in the training and admonition. Just see those two words for a minute because we're going to talk about those. In the training and admonition of the Lord. So he's saying two little thoughts. He's saying, dads, don't provoke your kids to wrath. Don't exasperate them. Uh, don't irritate them intensely. In Colossians 3.21, it says this, don't do that to your kids. Don't mess with them or belittle them. He says, because it says they may become discouraged. He says, don't do it lest they become discouraged or broken in spirit. Do you know how many young people I see that are broken in spirit already? Just as kids. Why? Because they never were good enough. They never got it right. 
They were always compared to their siblings. There was always this thing of, you know what, I, ah, and, and they don't even want to try because it's not going to matter. They walk through life with their heads down. You see those kids around here. I want to encourage you just as, as men, as people, to encourage the kids in our church. Just to, you know, they may not have dad speaking life into their life, but we can. Speaking life uh, to them. He says, hey, don't, don't belittle them. Don't speak death over them. Don't put them down. It says this, but do something else. What? Bring them up. Bring them up is that, that same thing of lift them higher. Nurture them. Uh, and it says, you know, nourish them to maturity. It's not this idea of everything is positive, not like Lego, like everything is awesome when it comes to dad, because there's going to be things like reproof. It talks about that. And correction. And where it's like, go to your room and think about it for a long time. And, and you know, when you figure it out, come back. It's this idea of guiding, helping to cultivate in the mind and the morals of your kids. Thankful to my parents for doing the same thing. Um, there's, there's funny, oh man, she's here, I can't tell it. Um, there's, uh, there's funny moments, ask me later, I'll tell you about some interesting things. But there's um, parenting techniques, but it it was worked. It, 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 was, it was stuff that I value to this day. Um, you know, what we need to realize is that dads, you're not the ultimate authorities in your kid's life. A lot of times we think, you know, that's that thing of we're going to run a tight ship and we got rules and you don't really say it that way. Maybe you do, but, um, you know, it's this idea of I'm going to, I'm the dad and what I say goes, you know, that it's not really the thought that God gives us. He's saying, dads, you know what you have, you've got an incredible responsibility because, um, you're the, actually the, the Christian steward of, of your family, of, of a gifts, the greatest gifts that God could give anyone is, you know, is, is these children, these lives around you. And it's not just yours, it's all of them around here. That idea of, of um, realizing that, that, that we want to see them grow to know Jesus Christ, that, you know, your kids might honor you, not because you have all the rules and if they, if they don't honor you, they're in trouble, but simply that they would honor you because of the relationship that you guys have. Um, there's a famous quote that says, rules without relationship leads to... See, I told you, it's famous. Rules without relationship leads to rebellion. Tweet that if you're a tweeter. Rules without relationship. It's the same thing with parenting. It's the same thing with church. Isn't, it, isn't that the reason why people hate church in North America? Rules, tradition, never getting the relationship with Jesus Christ. Kingsway, that's what this is all about. It is about you in a relationship day after day after day with Jesus Christ, listening to his voice on the inside, saying, God, how do I parent through this stage of life? And he says, here, do this. Here, do this. Live this. He says this. There's training. There is that spot. And, and that word training is, is like, you know, with the athletes. And they, they, it's that idea of correcting little things and making sure that they stay on that path. That is the part of responsibility. But he says this. The second one is admonition. For some, you think that's ammunition. You're like, you know what? You're kids. You've got a long list of things that they've got to shape up or ship out. But he's saying it's admonition. And that word just means encourage. Encourage. Exhort. You know, it seems, those words are great, aren't they? Like, build them up, encourage, exhort. The, the, the idea of dads or parents in general exhorting and encouraging their children, it seems like a really simple concept. And yet it's very, very rare. It's crazy how rare that is. How difficult is it to say the three words, I love you? Try it. I love you guys too. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's not difficult, is it? It's not. But when's the last time your children heard those three words from you? I had somebody tell me this morning, he texted the, just these words to his kids, love you, to three kids. He got three responses back. His oldest said, Dad, I think you have the wrong number. Uh, his second one said, I love you too, Dad. And the last one said, Dad, are you okay? Are you sick? Are you dying? Uh, 
How often, that's a true story. How often have, uh, or when was the last time they heard just three simple words? How hard is it to say these four words? I'm proud of you. It's not really difficult, but how many times does a day just go by without things like that being said? Like, yeah, I forget. I do too. I put a little trigger on my phone that reminds me and says, tell my kids I'm proud of them. Why? Because I'm proud of them. They just need to hear it. I have one on there for telling Beth I love her too, and she finds it all the time. The other day, she found the phone. It's like, hell, your beeper went off. You're supposed to tell me why you love me. And what, <laughs> I had to change it because it also says, and what amazes me about, you know, and I've got to think right on the spot what, what I'm amazed about. Anyway, it's a different story. But do something. Do something to find a way so that you actually intentionally live this, right? Because he said, in t- be intentional about how you live. This wasn't just like on its own. It was be intentional about it. Do something to make sure that this happens in your life because you don't want to be at the other end where your children are gone, where they've got out of the house, you raise them to 18, and they never want to come home to see you again, where Father's Day is the loneliest day of your life. You just don't want to be in that spot, so do something now. Um, the, well, the five words, how hard is it to say, I'm so glad you're my child. Wait, that's six. I, I'm glad you're my child. I tried this, you know, yesterday. I was hugged Link after they gave me my Father's Day stuff, and I was like, Link, I'm so glad you're my child. He's like, I'm so glad you're my child too. And I was like, we'll work on that. But honor, honor compliments. Don't miss this point. Honor's aware. Honor decides to notice what's valuable and important in your life, but honor also decides to compliment, finds ways to say those words, because you can learn them. You can learn words like incredible, amazing, wow, wow. Simple things that mean so much. It speaks life. You know, you can raise your children intentionally, or you're going to raise them by default. How many times we see our kids do something that we do, and we're like, oh, wait, I don't like it that they're doing what I do. How do you know that word? And they point right at you, and you're like, <gasps> they're always learning. They are always learning. What are they learning? You know, it's so easy for us as dads and our parents, fathers, in our conquest of the world that we give our best time, our best hours, you know, to our work, to our, to our hobbies, and family gets leftovers. I say that with this thought because it's something we do, and we just need to be intentional about what is the most important thing in our life. Your time will tell you. And I'm like, yeah, some of you are like, yeah, Mark, really, I have a real job. I know you get to sit at home and you work Sundays and, you know, you can do this. But I, I work every day. You can still save your best for your kids. That, if it's maybe that half hour, that hour, but that, that's your best hour of your day to give that to them. Honor goes both ways. In this culture that Paul was writing to, There was no such thing as honor for children. That was ridiculous. You didn't talk about that. There was no honor for wives. You didn't value wives. You could just get another one. You know, you didn't value slaves. So Paul writes to three groups of people here. He says, hey, wives, live a life of honor. Um, And and talking about this respect and yielding to husbands, he says to kids, live a life of honor. Uh, live Live a life of, not because you have to, but let it become your heart attitude. Because back then they had to. He says, let it be more than just a have to. Let it be a hard thing. For slaves, he said the same thing. He says, let that be how you work for your boss. Let it be as working unto the Lord. The how and why you do it from in here. And then he flips the tables and he says, and you husbands who think you kind of own the world, he says, love them like you, like, you know, like uh, Christ loves the church. Lay your life down for them. They wouldn't do that in that culture. Women, children, slaves were just possessions. You didn't, you didn't need to do that. Paul, what are you talking about? 
See, we're so far beyond that culturally that we don't quite get the, 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 the largeness of what he's saying here. But he's saying that too. To parents, honor those kids. Value. Intentionally value them. Intentionally value the short time that you have with them because it has gone so quick. Paul's talking about shifting that inner compass. Value. I want to encourage you that as Kingsway, we value our kids incredibly. I had somebody say, why did you spend more money on paint when we have all kinds of, you know, old paint under the, under the, uh, the, the, the stairs back there? I'm like, because it's old paint. You know, we, we want to, we value our kids. We want our children in this place to know Jesus Christ. We're not teaching them rules down there about just things. We're teaching them to know Jesus Christ for themselves because they need to know him now. They need to know those things and live that life of honor that they live based on heart conviction, parenting, and, and all this. It's heart work. And we want our kids to love church. So we're going to paint it all kinds of crazy and amazing colors down there. If you're going to join us this week and say, yeah, I value our kids, definitely I'm going to be a part of, of helping to serve to make sure that, that, that this place is a place where kids come and love church and love Jesus Christ and learn to love one another. And they learn this early. Man, how different could lives be if kids would learn honor early? Um, I want to ask Brian to just kind of uh, share something. He shared this at a meeting a while, a while back, and it just, it, it really hit me. And I said, hey, would you be willing to share that with the church? And uh, I was sure he was going to say, mm, I don't know, and he did. Uh, but, you know, it's perfect for the timing that he's willing to share it today. And so please uh, keep your ears open. Okay. Um, I'd like to share this with, uh, for young, young men that are, are new husbands and new fathers. And I'm saying this, but I'll tell you, there's probably a lot of older brothers that could stand beside me and echo these same words, okay? And that is, um, as, a, as, a young, as a young father, uh, a young man that was married, um, I, I was probably at 22 years I got married and then I had children. But... I used to strive to want to get ahead in life. You know, I always was out working. And I, there were times when I would just leave the wife and, you know, I'd work all week at Essel and then come home and, and go out and do other work. And I would leave the wife, my wife, Debbie, and, and the children. And, and through the years, I, I, I looked back on that and I said, you know, I made the wrong choice. I made the wrong choice that my children, I look back and I say, you know, they were this, they were this small and, and uh, I could have really enjoyed a lot of time with them. And I made other choices. And looking back, I can't gain that time over. That time is gone. You know, I cannot regain that and it's lost and it's, it's grievous to me. And I say this to you, young men, is to make the right choices because it's a great investment. You know, as uh, you've seen that compass there face north, well, you know where north is, it's home. And that's where our heart should be. And, and these children and your wife, you know, um, when, you're young, when you're young like that, you've got a lot of energy and she's got a lot of energy and beauty and um, there's lots of excitement and as you 
in, um, invest in those years, you'll, it'll be really, uh, has a lot of dividends. So just want to encourage you to make the right choices. And I say that, and I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of older brothers can have gone through the same things, and they can look back in their life and say, gee, I wish I would have done this different, you know? And uh, so I encourage you young men, make the right choices, and invest the time into your children and your wives. And I say this, yeah. Thank Thanks, Bri. It matters. It totally matters. I want to encourage us as a church, you know, the thought, they say, hey, the best time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago. The next best time to plant an oak tree is today. I want to encourage you and say, hey, maybe look back. Dad's, just, the idea today is not to look back with regret. Back is past. It's today to look forward with saying, you know what, I'm going forward, living differently. As men, we want to celebrate just men in this place as well, that, that our kids would look and go, well, you know what, manly men are spiritual men. Manly men are men who love Jesus Christ with all their heart. Manly men are men who stopped and said, hey, you know, how are you to, to, to our children? Men are the men who said, you know, I'm willing to pray out loud with people. I want to encourage you to be those men, not just for your own kids. We have so many single moms in our church whose children are growing up without dad in their home. May they find dads in this home that encourage, love, accept, forgive, and challenge. As a family, raising that next generation go further, to do more, to advance the kingdom of Christ even further, intentionally. Um, we're not going to do the rest. And there was great amens. Let's pray. Um, Father, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for life, and thanks for the chance to um, just be challenged, be encouraged. Thank you that you're that kind of dad. For those in this place, I just want to pray. For those whose relationship with their earthly dad is not good. Um, Father, I just ask that you would reveal to them how amazing your love is, how great of a father you really are. For those who don't know you here today, and maybe they don't want anything to do with you because of their relationship with their dad, Holy Spirit, I pray you just reveal how much you love them. <laughs> that you love them and you'll never stop. That you don't want to live without them pray for them this morning that they would just decide that today is the day they want to stop doing life on their own and just live life with you. God, I pray for dads in this place again. I pray for men in this place that you'd give us wisdom. The Holy Spirit, you would direct our words, that you would uh, just continue to, to um, grow fruit in our lives of love and kindness and patience for our children and for those around us, for our wives. Father, I pray that we would be a great example to our young people of what real men are. Thank you for uh, every person in this place that you've called us to be your family. Thank you that uh, we are all your favorite kids, that as we go out from this place, we're going into our world with you. Holy Spirit, help us to be just aware of you uh, pointing to Jesus in our lives, pointing to people, that we would be uh, listening to your voice and, and walking that out this week. Uh, may people see that you are alive and amazing because of us. In your name I pray. Amen.